It's the 12th of February, 2022. And so today there's an ordination ceremony here, Lord Mabjan, ordaining one monk, one bhikkhu. And so there's the upajaya, the preceptor who leads the ordination ceremony. And is a young man who has faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, and comes with the requisites of a monk to ask for the chance to ordain in the mists of the uh, Bhikkhu Sangha. So the Upajaya preceptor gives the ordination, and in that process he teaches uh, some meditation objects, and these five objects, these kamatanas. And so this word kamatana, what that means, uh, kama is our work, and tana is the basis, it's the basis, the foundation of our work. So he teaches these five meditation objects, these kamatanas, kesa, loma, naka, danta, tacho. And he says this in uh, forwards and then in reverse order. So, tacha, danta, naka, loma, kesa. So this is hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. So maybe we can contemplate just the skin, that which wraps these bodies of ours, and something which our minds attach to, attach to as being the self, <coughs> me or you. Attached to it as being something that's beautiful. So the Upajaya, he teaches that. And at Wat Nombapong, uh, when Lumpucha would ordain a monk, and during that ceremony he would teach about these five objects, give a Dharma teaching during the ordination ceremony, these things which cover up our bodies, that which we take um, to be a self, something which we don't have an understanding in, things that we're deluded towards. So we think that they're me, that there's a self there, we think that they have beauty to them. And our minds become deluded by these things, and they become pleased. But if we can contemplate these things on a regular basis, then the mind can easily gather into peace, and that's especially so for people who have a liking towards beauty, the beauty of their own bodies or the beauty of other people's bodies. So these five meditation objects, um, they fall into body contemplation. And they are an aspect of the four foundations of mindfulness. So we have mindfulness when we're standing, sitting, walking, lying down, when we're listening, when we're speaking, when we're eating, when we're drinking. We have mindfulness over all of these activities. And if our bodies are still, we have mindfulness over that stillness. Or we can be mindful over the breath, along with this word of Buddha. And what it all comes down to, what all of these different meditation methods, or having mindfulness in this way, what this boils down to is peace of mind. When our minds are peaceful, then they are far from the things which obstruct um, calm, which obstructs samadhi, these five hindrances. And so these five hindrances, um, they are 
kind of a pleasure or a delight in uh, sense pleasures. And then there's annoyance or ill will, there's drowsiness and sleepiness, there's uh, skeptical doubt. But if we have understanding um, into the meditation objects, um, then we know that we just do that which we're skilled at, which we're familiar with. So we can contemplate the four elements of the body, for example, contemplate the earth, water, fire and air. If we separate the body out into its elements, and that's what we get, earth, water, fire and air. So this earth is that which is hard. And if that earth kind of comes together, um, then we consider that, can consider that to be a rock. And each different kind of rock or stone has different uh, levels of hardness to it. But no matter how hard it is, it's still earth, it's still earth element. So that which is hard we call the earth. And this is one element. Another is the water element, another is the heat, the fire in the body. And then there's the air element. And so there are these four elements. So we can contemplate this body as being a collection of these four heaps. We can separate them out into four different piles of elements in order to see that these are just elements which follow the course of nature in this way. So these methods are there for the sake of peace of mind. And if our minds are peaceful already, then perhaps an understanding can arise. An understanding that there really is no being, no me, no you there. And this is vipassana. This is uh, bhavana, maya panya, arising. And the mind becomes bright because it's released its attachments. And this may happen just temporarily. Maybe it's an experience that we have for one day and night, or three days and nights. And it depends upon the energy of our heart. So what I've been speaking about is concerned with the body. And so there are 32 parts to this body, just like we're taught during the ordination ceremony. Hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin. But sometimes practitioners can take another one of these objects, bones, for example. And perhaps we can contemplate these bones and uh, peace can arise. And then there can be the mental image of a skeleton that arises within the mind. And then this skeleton breaks up and dissolves and just turns back into earth. It dissolves into the land, into the ground, and just disappears. And the true nature, the state of the Dhamma arises here. But if this doesn't happen for us, then we shouldn't doubt, we shouldn't worry, we shouldn't try to have, try to get, try to become. We have this desire there. We just carry on with our practice, having mindfulness here in the present moment and doing that a lot, and just that. And then as we carry on doing that, then these things will occur for us. And perhaps an image um, comes up that sticks in the mind's eye. It stays there. And then next it becomes an image that we're able to manipulate and change. 
And then through that, a knowledge and understanding of wisdom can arise. Perhaps, for example, we're contemplating the hair regularly, and we see just one strand of hair fall down to the ground, and knowledge into not-self appears as wisdom comes up. Just like Venerable Sivali, one of the great disciples of the Buddha, as he was getting his head shaved for his ordination, um, then as his head was being shaved and the hair was falling off his head, he attained to the various stages of awakening. Sotapanna and Sakadagami uh, Anagami Arahant. Because this was something that he had contemplated a lot in the past, and his mind was in a very peaceful state already. And when the mind is calm like this, then we can see that these things are just elements following the course of nature. These five kamatanas are that which cover up the body. They cover over it, they obscure what's inside. And these are things which we should contemplate back and forth, back and forth. They're a method which can bring the mind to peace easily. Because the nature of our hearts is that they find this pleasure, this delight within bodies. And so these bodies are something which we should contemplate and use this as a main pillar for our practice. Or we can chant hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin, and go through this, or chant in Pali, the Pali language, Kesa, Loma, Naka, Danta, Tachu. You can go through this back and forth, back and forth. Use this as a meditation word. And as we do that, then the scatteredness of the mind should reduce. So there was an ordination today, and Lumpucha, uh, during the ordinations, he would train the monks about this, taking the mind to contemplate the body. So there was one time where my mind could sustain a state of samadhi constantly. And there was this um, state of peace and brightness within the body and within the mind. And it went on for an entire month. And the mind felt very satisfied, very full. And so this was during my fourth reigns of the year 1979. So I thought to myself, well, the mind's in such a state of peace already, so I should just contemplate the mind itself, and through that I'll be able to attain to the Dhamma. I thought that my mind had so much energy, and these are the kind of thing, thoughts that we gain when our minds are in an energetic state like this. And we can become deluded by our own thoughts, uh, but fortunately often it's not kind of a heavy delusion that we get into. So Lumpur Chai, he said, when I asked him about this, to contemplate the body. But I thought that well, this body, it's just so coarse, and my mind is so subtle, so surely I should be contemplating my mind. But really, in order to be able to do that, we need very firm samadhi. If the samadhi is just on that level, then we're not yet able to effectively look at the mind. 
So we should come back to contemplating the body. And we can look at our minds. We can see whether there's any greed, there's any hatred or delusion present within them. But if we're going to watch the mind and be able to understand that it's merely a mind, just a mind, that that level of samadhi, it's not yet sufficient. To be able to do that, to see the mind as just a mind, the mind needs to have um, a very full level of samadhi. It needs to be in a very energetic state to the point where you can sustain jhanas constantly. It needs to be to that level. And then we can look at the mind and attain to arahanship. But if it's not yet there, that samadhi is not enough, then we take the mind to contemplate the body, and we do that beforehand. And to see the body as just a body, not a being, not an individual, a self, a me, or a you. Or we can look at Vedana, because Vedana is also something which is very important, these feelings. You see how the mind is normally in a scattered, restless state. But if there's very strong feelings within the body, then the thoughts that we have reduce. And we can perhaps establish our mindfulness very well within the Vedana then, and the mind can be brought to peace. So if we're sitting meditation, we feel very achy and tired, and then samadhi can come together. Or perhaps we're walking and we feel exhausted, um, then we won't be thinking so much. Just step with the right foot, bud, with the left foot, do. Just carry on, bud, do. And the mind comes to peace. And we can recite this word, buddha, 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 a lot until it just disappears. And the mind settles down into calm. Because it's not thinking about anything else. But if we're not yet there, then we need to bring up a meditation method, a strategy to bring the mind to peace. Or we can contemplate. Because for some people, if they just recite this word, buddha, then their minds, they carry on thinking, proliferating, they don't stay with it. And they can wonder to themselves, well, if I just repeat Buddha, then how am I going to gain any wisdom through that? So in that case, um, you can contemplate. And, but in reality, these two aspects of calm and contemplation, they depend upon each other. If the mind is calm, we contemplate, then wisdom arises based on that calm. But if there's only deep peace there, then we're just running away from the aramana, from the sense impressions. We don't receive any of these sense impressions, and so we don't get to understand them either. So we can take the peaceful mind to contemplate Vedana, these feelings, and ask ourselves, what is it like to gain an understanding of these the Vedana in the body, the Vedana in the mind. And if the heart is peaceful, then we'll be able to separate these out and see how the mind is one thing and the Aramana, its objects, are something else. So we have the sights that we see, the sounds that we hear, and the odors the taste, the tactile sensations. And these are aramanas, things that our mind experiences. 
and thoughts that appear within the heart, these also aramana, what we call dhamma aramana. So when the mind is thinking and proliferating, spinning its stories, then we have mindfulness there, knowing it in time. And we don't allow the mind to continue thinking along in that way. You see how avijja, this ignorance, um, proliferates in conditions to bring rise to sankhara, these conditioned phenomena. But when the mind is in a still state, then it will gain a knowledge in time of this process of dependent origination, how suffering appears within the heart. So we train our minds in this way. So today there was this ordination ceremony, the preceptor gave these uh, meditation objects, and these are something which it's important for us to firmly train ourselves in, to have mindfulness over. Or we can recite Buddha to bring the mind to peace first, and when the mind is calm, we can contemplate the body, seeing the body as something which is not beautiful, and through that the heart becomes beautiful, it becomes bright, bright and beautiful through its insight into reality. But if we see the body as being something beautiful, then it's possible for the mind to become very deluded in that. So we train ourselves in this way, bringing the mind to an energetic state. And then when it has energy, we can observe the Vedana, the painful feelings that arise within it, within the body, and we may be able to pass through these to get to the other side. But if there's only a little energy in our minds and we really torture these bodies, then that can be uh, not such a good thing to do. You can think that if we just torture the body, we may be able to attain to the Dhamma. But that's not right, because the defilements, they reside within our minds. So we need to be aware of ourselves, how much energy we have, how much samadhi we have. We need to be conscious of our own hearts. And so may all of you set your hearts in training yourselves like this. <laughs>